0: Welcome to the Fight Week Podcast Episode seventy.
1: it is the 70th episode. Wow, what? What? That's a lot of talking. I'm out of breath. I can't breathe. So, let's see. Today is the 11th of February. Friday. And it's been a little bit since we did a podcast, so I'm gonna talk about some of the recent ongoings. As everyone knows, the heckin' truckerinos have scared the crap out of the Canadian politicians. Um, but yet, yeah, Trudeau still acting a fool, saying, well, we want Canadians to get vaccinated. I saw somebody in their Canadian parliament or whatever. They were saying that, oh, well, already 90% of Canadians are vaccinated. Are you going to wait until 100% are vaccinated before lifting the restrictions? So different parts of Canada are already lifting their stupid-ass virus restrictions. As you know, the UK did so as well Uh, after a much embarrassing time for, uh, Mr. Boris Johnson over there in the UK. He basically looked like he wanted to crawl under the chairs and cry when they were shaming him in the British Parliament for, you know, partying with a mask. Everybody saw these videos. He had no mask. And, uh, Telling everybody else they need to wear a mask. And he's dancing with this chick. And he's a terrible dancer. I mean, that should have been embarrassing enough. Just the dancing. But he... I mean, that dude's face looked like a fucking tomato. (laughs) I mean, he was not doing well. And so after that, basically... He gave up his bullshit, and once again, intimidation works. I get maybe start printing shirts that say that, so people understand intimidation works. You gotta put pressure on these people. You gotta fucking put a fire under their ass and a fucking boot over their head, or else they will not do anything that they have been hired to do because they know they can get away with it otherwise they're not gonna do anything bad to me I'm just gonna sit here and collect the people's check you know and it's like people all over the world are waking up to that shit Um, so here in America back home sweet home Alabama uh, no here in the United States our own heckin' truckerinos are about to go scare the crap out of the American politicians. So this should be fun. Starting March first is the uh, Freedom Convoy to Washington DC, and it should be um, come on—they're American, so you know it's, it's going to be just as exciting or Hopefully, better, more exciting than the Canadian version. Um, now, there's a bunch of groups going. There's a thing Freedom Convoy 2022. There's another thing People's Convoy 2022. Uh, there's a lot of different like channels on Telegram and uh, you know social media like Instagram and Facebook pages. Of course, Facebook keeps deleting the fucking trucker pages. But, luckily, uh, unlike Mark Zuckerberg wanted, Facebook is not the whole freaking internet. So, they go to other platforms. Uh, Speaking of other platforms and the truckers, I'm sure you heard about GoFundMe. Saying that, no, we're not going to donate this money to the truckers. Now, first they said, uh, if the people don't claim the refund within so many, I don't know, days, or maybe possibly it was even hours, that they were going to be fucking total communists and redistribute their wealth. They were going to give the money that was meant to go to these fucking guys away to other, uh, I guess, more deserving funding, uh, fundraiser sources, uh, charities. You know, like, y'all are not the arbiters of what's a worthy cause or not. If you have some issue with people using GoFundMe to get supplies to people who are sitting outside to eat and live while they're engaging uh, in speech against their government. Maybe you should put that right in the terms of service, first of all, maybe you just have an AI that doesn't let that get to that level where people are sending funding through your shit. But, that brings me to the next issue, which is stop using these fucking asshole big platforms, okay? Give, send, go, BitPay, there's all sorts of ways to collect money, including crypto, um for these types of things, for, you know, charitable or, you know, to help people out that are doing protests and stuff like that. And I will talk about a few of those options a little bit later in the show um, in the crypto section when we get to that. But first and foremost, I have found some information and who knows if this is going to be permanently the thing, but that's the info right now. And it is, as I said, the middle of February. And the convoy is supposed to be, uh, I think it's supposed to get to D.C. on the 1st of March. So uh, let me just read off some information for those of you who are trucker-type people, or if you know trucker-type folks that would want to participate in this protest. Uh, Montana is going to be taking Route I-90 to I-94, Wyoming Route I-90 to I-80, North Dakota Route I-94, South Dakota Route I-90, Minnesota I-94 and I-90, Wisconsin is I-90. Illinois it's gonna be going through I-70 and I-74 which goes right through uh, beautiful downtown Peoria so I hope to see some heckin truckerinos rolling through town and we're gonna uh, if we can coordinate it, if we know when they're gonna be out there we'll go out there with some flags and shit and cheer those motherfuckers on um, Iowa I-80 to I-74 Kansas I-70 to I-72. Nebraska, route I-80. Missouri, I-70 to I-72. Indiana is route I-70, and Ohio, I-70 as well. That's the information that I know so far. Um, Maybe it's going to be changing, but look into those, like I said, Freedom Convoy, the People's Convoy, and uh, see if they have any updates, but that's the current information. So I really started thinking about something with the trucker guys when I was watching the Canadian Parliament, and she goes, over 90% of Canadians are already vaccinated. And I looked at those thousands and thousands and thousands of, of people out there supporting the protests and I said you know I have to really give it to these fucking Canucks for once I really do because think about that now I know the government lies about their numbers okay obviously that's how we got into this fucking old coronavirus mess right but um, if that number's anywhere near true let's say that 80% Are actually vaccinated. In Canada. And all those thousands of people. Still came out. To oppose the vaccine mandate. Which means that there was a lot of people who. Actually probably were vaccinated. And still were against the mandates. Let that sink in. That could not have been. Okay like. If what the Canadian government claims is true, if 90% are vaccinated, they say upwards of 90%, but if 90 or close to 90% are vaccinated, that would inevitably mean, with those huge numbers of protesters, including the truckers and the people all out in the street supporting them, that this is clearly not just an anti-vaxxer thing. It's not against people... It's not people who just hate vaccines and would never take one, or are afraid of this vaccine, it's literally people saying don't mandate people to do something with their body, even if those people chose to do that thing with their body, and I am actually have to applaud them for that. I'm actually very impressed. Now, I know, of course, there were people, of course, who were vaccinated that went to the Defeat the Mandates DC thing. We've seen a couple people that were like, They had shirts together. I'm vaccinated. She's not. We're still okay together. You know, stuff like that. But I just thought... uh, I was just really impressed by the number of people who they had believed the COVID narrative enough to go through and, and get the shot. And they believed... They actually did believe that the shot was a good thing to get, but yet they were still against the mandates. And that's good. That means that even... The NPCs, because, I mean, I hate to say it, but if you're vaccinated, you're an NPC. I mean, you are. You're normal. You're very non-player character. You know, you just kind of like went along with it. Hey, that's what they say that is in the shot. I trust it enough to put it in my body. I trust enough that this virus is worth vaccinating myself against. So it, I mean, so even the NPCs are starting to stand up for freedom now. This is unlike anything in history. Historically speaking, they've said it takes ten percent for a successful revolution. Ten percent of the people have to support the revolution for it to occur. Like, United States birth. Everybody wasn't just, hey, hey man, fuck the British. Woo, we're all in this together. There was tons of people who were still loyal or just scared to shake it up. They didn't really like the British, some of them, but they were like, well, I mean, you know, uh, I don't want to start a war with them. They uh, have a lot of guns and they're really tough and, you know, blah, blah, blah. There were tons of people who didn't back it, you know. Um, but if we're looking at a more than 10%, more than the Handsworth Revolution, then I'm thinking it's likely to be successful. I don't think that these mandates and this crap is going to stand anywhere. I said that at first, and then I started to kind of feel a little bit black pilled, frankly. At first, I was like, when their vaccines came out, I was like, oh, these fools going to try and get everybody to take this stuff. But, you know, what? people might put on a mask to protect somebody, but they're not going to stand for the government force injecting people. That's a whole nother level of like you can't have a job if you don't. Uh, take a drug and shit that's different than uh, well you know we prefer you to social distance or please wear a mask when you come in the store I mean that's oppression enough but this shit is another level of of tyranny that frankly hasn't been seen since the Nazis and we're gonna talk about oh you know what this is uh, you can't compare anything to the Holocaust I didn't say it was the fucking Holocaust right, first of all Secondly, when people do Nazi things, I'm going to compare it to the fucking Nazis. Cry about it. Saying that public health is more important than the individual's right to free movement, free assembly, even free speech nowadays. Uh, That is nazi type of stuff now you may not be to the level of violence that the nazis are at but we can't deny that people have died because of this tyranny thousands of people from the combination of forcing the covid patients into the nursing homes to the refusing to give therapeutic treatments such as ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine from the refusal and enforcement of of uh, the refusal to give COVID patients vitamin D. I mean, they had CDC people going around enforcing that you can't give them vitamins. They died because of this. Thousands of people died because of that shit. Now you have people with permanent injuries. Okay? Over a million people with permanent injuries and thousands of deaths tied to this uh, gene therapy that they're putting out. It's... Yeah, it's like, it's Nazi-type stuff, guys. And I, I know there's, like, sensitive Jews out there that are going to be like, well, you you can never compare anything to the Nazis. It's like this sacrosanct thing. And it's like, hey, when people start acting like the Nazis, if you don't fucking start comparing it to the Nazis, they're going to grow to the level to where they act like, literally, the Nazis. Full scale. You have to stop the Nazis before they become the Nazis. So, knock that shit off with, don't compare this and that, don't compare, you know, it's not, they're not putting people, they are putting people in camps. They're called quarantine camps, but they're putting them in there. I don't care what you fucking call them. You can call them fucking happy day camps. If you're forcing a motherfucker to go in it, it's a concentration camp. That's what it is. You're forcing people who have done no crimes... Who have committed no sin other than not being vaccinated or maybe they came into contact with somebody who was affected with something. Possibly. We don't even know what is the fucking real criteria for this shit because the, the information changes regularly on what they're supposedly doing over there in, like, Australia with these quarantine camps. And, uh, here they have them in Canada now as well. And they act like it's not a fucking concentration camp because we put it at a, uh, at a shitty hotel or something, you know? Well, it's a luxury concentration camp. Excuse me. It's a prison because you can't leave. You're not allowed your basic rights of communications and and your freedom of movement and uh, freedom of assembly. You're not allowed to do fuck all, so it's a prison. Who cares that, oh, well, you know, they, they made it a, a, a prison where you don't totally realize all the time that you're in prison. they You're not on some shitty uh, floor with a hole in it that you poop in, you know? it's It's, you have a nice bathroom in this concentration camp, you know? It's still because the government tried to force you to fucking take some fucked up medicine and edit your fucking genes. It's Nazi shit, guys. Plain and simple. The Holocaust began as a public health issue. They told the people the Jews had diseases and it was... Dysgenic to have them among your people. All this shit. Same thing we're doing to the unvaccinated people. Unmasked people. People who don't want to fucking believe the narrative. People who are just scared of experimental drugs. Anti-vaxxers. Anything that is not buying into it. They're trying to demonize people just like they did to the Jews. It didn't start off with millions of people being killed, okay? It didn't start off with people being put in work camps and shot if they didn't do shit right, okay? It didn't start off like that. It started off with public health concern. Then it escalated with more and more gun control, which we're also looking at. If this bill that they're talking about in the state of Illinois passes, They want basically anyone in the government, uh, you know, basically your your private health information, they want that to be made public. So everybody's like, oh, they're going to have a list of who's vaccinated and who's not, and they're going to take us to the vax camps and stuff like that. Oh, no, no, it ain't going to work that way. This is America. They're going to try and finesse your ass. What they're going to do is they're going to use that list as a red flag list. They're going to go, oh, well, it looks like here, like you had depression as a teenager. Well, we're going to have to disarm you. Sorry, you can't have a gun. Oh, it looks like you had some, uh, a, a divorce. Oh, well, you have two guns? We well, you might be trying to go and kill your ex-wife. Uh, we're just going to have to take those. Hmm. Well, you're unvaccinated, and you have a, You know, a a bunch of kids. Well, we're gonna say that you're endangering those kids by not vaccinating them. So now we're gonna just take your kids away and take your guns away because you're reckless and you're a risk to yourself and others. So every health problem or health concern that you've ever had becomes a red flag for them to take your fucking weapons away, right? And the Democrats are pushing this. They're trying to talk about gun. Violence is a public health issue. Remember that. Public health issue. Public health. Every fucking disgusting thing in the history of tyrannical governments, just about, has been done in the name of the public well. The public health. Um, I just want to tell you guys a little secret here that there's no such fucking thing as a public health. Health is a private, personal thing. Okay, there's no like, the, the public is healthy. There's no doctor for the whole public. Alright? There's going to always be sick people. There's going to always be disabled people. There's going to be people who maybe care about their health more than others and some who don't care. That's just people. That's just humanity. So, what I mean, what do what these people expect that there's such a thing that like the the health of the public is all going to be uniform at some time it's crazy Nazi shit would have to be done for that to happen hmm see not only can you compare things to the Nazis when you're talking about oh somebody hates Jews or something like that I mean that's not everything that the Nazis were not just about hating Jews okay Yeah, I know that Whoopi Goldberg got dragged for saying that the Holocaust was not about race because they were both, like, white people or something. I'm pretty sure that the whole book that Hitler uh, was preaching from was trying to convince the people that the Jews were, in fact, not white like the Germans. (laughs) That was the whole idea. But, um... I digress. The Nazis were about government control national socialism views each person as a product of their race and national socialism the system is a goal has it has a goal of of perpetuating purifying and elevating that particular race and they have no limit or rules about the, what the government can stop at. The government They will allow the government to take complete control in every aspect in order to further what they believe the betterment of their race to be. So, when government is not used as a tool to protect the freedom of the people, but rather government is used as a tool for some weird ideological goal, there's no limit to its expanse of power. And that is the type of shit we're dealing with today. Now fascism is a little bit different. In fascism, they view the person as a product of their state, not their race. So the state will do anything to protect itself. Because the motto of fascism is everything within the state, nothing without the state. You could call this fascism as well. Either way, it's totalitarianism, but the, the basis of motivation here is this bizarre concept of public health and the maintaining of control by the system, the existing system. And they want to expand the system. Motivations may vary among them. There are going to be people in the government that want to enforce more lockdowns and all this stuff. So they can get more personal power. There are ones who are doing it for money. Like here in the state of Illinois, J.B. Pritzker, his family is not only involved... In selling uh, PCR tests. So, of course, you're going to tell everybody, oh, yeah, you need to get a, a, a test or, or, you know, this and that and all the time. And we're, we're setting up testing stations everywhere. Everywhere there's a testing station. Okay. And then also plexiglass. They don't know that, a lot of people don't know that the Prisker family is involved in selling the plex, plexiglass, plexiglass barriers that they're putting up for coronavirus Social distancing or whatever. So a lot of this shit is money and scams. And in in that sense, it's just corporatist fascism where the state is just protecting and perpetuating itself and its own power because everything within the state, nothing without the state. Uh, And then you get others, like Fauci, who are actual mad scientists to the Mangalay level, where they think that they're going to do something for the genetics of humanity, and they're gonna use the government to do that. And that's where it's Nazi shit. It's eugenics. And it's not just eugenics, it's government enforced eugenics. Nazi shit. Okay? That's what it is. You can go on your website all day long and call me a Nazi because I, fl- uh, I have an American flag and uh, I-, I don't think we should completely defund the police and all-, all this crap. Okay? And, you know, you can go on your little Antifa blogs and think you're fighting fascism by putting pictures of me and my family up and saying we're, we're Nazis, uh, we're neo-Nazis, and Fight Wing is a neo-Nazi brand when you need to look the fuck around and see that real Nazi shit is happening. Okay? And I'm not just talking about skinheads that decided to become Nazis because you bullied them in fucking ninth grade or some shit like that. I'm not talking about racist redneck neighbors. I'm not talking about, uh, you know, some some guy who dresses up like Hitler and Sieg Heil's in the fucking mirror at night because he's a fag. I'm talking about the government forcing people to do fucked up shit and supposed Antifa are doxing people that are doing anti-vax rallies. So it turns out that the the truckers and the regular working class people, apparently we're the real Antifa. And these guys are just a bunch of phonies because when the real fucking fascism started rearing its ugly head, Antifa just dropped their pants and said, oh, yes, we love, yeah, yes, yes, vex me harder, daddy. Govern me harder. Lock me down. Yeah. Do it, do it we're Antifa, we love the government so much because we're anarchists or something, see these are fucking confused people and liars okay, it's a combination of liars and people being lied to okay the heckin' truckerinos are fighting fascism way more than the entire existence of Antifa ever did in their whole, since fucking Germany, okay. I mean, I'm talking about since before World War Two, all right. When the anti-fascist action, when when Ernst came up with this great idea to start the anti-fascist action and start calling social democrats fascists, because that's the actual foundation of Antifa originally was to push people to be communists by saying that the social democrats were fascists so Antifa literally was founded on lying but um, they have never actually fought fascism in the history of their existence a couple of them ended up having to be partisans and physically fight the Nazis during the war but that's fighting someone who physically came to kill you because there's a war going on, that's not actually organizing to do anything against their system. That's just fighting for your own life and defending yourself when somebody comes after you. And that could be somebody on your own political side. So they didn't really fight fascism. Um, And they're still not doing it. They're not fighting fascism at all. They're not fighting fascist, Nazi, either type of thing that they claim to be so much against. They're the number one guy stopping fascism by uh doxing Jews and random fucking people on their blogs. You know, you guys are white supremacists and Nazis and now the anti vaxxers is part of alt right. I mean first of all the alt right is pretty much fucking dead anyway. Like, nobody even uses that term anymore. And a few people who do were just it's it's over. Like, just shut up. Stop calling everything Nazi and alt-right that's not. Stop calling everyone fascist who's not. And start looking at this fucking actual fascist Nazi shit that's happening and do something about it. You know? Where the fuck is Antifa? They should be out there helping these working class workers stand up against the government. You know, communists. Workers should seize the means of production. Truckers. Alright, this is a good idea. Let's do that shit. Not like that, guys. That's how fucking all Antifa sound. Anyway. For fuck's sake. But, um. I'm proud of the people standing up against the fucking tyrannical government. We need to keep on doing it. January 23rd was lit. So, let's keep the fire burning. Keep the fucking fire burning. Keep it going, guys. Um, back to the truckers and the GoFundMe thing. Freedom fighters need to learn more about fundraising. And... I'm here to help with that. I'm going to tell you all a little bit about some stuff um, in the next segment. I'm going to take a break here um, and I'll be right back momentarily, but we're going to talk about getting outside of the mainstream financial system or what I call Big Fi. Um, Big Tech and Big Fi are very closely entrenched to, together. Symbiotic relationship. So, we're going to talk about that. Uh, and talk about DeFi, decentralized finance, in the next segment. After the break, enjoy this entertaining advertisement. So, we wanted to talk a little bit about decentralized finance. What What the fuck is that? That sounds fucking weird. What are you talking about? So we have a problem on the right wing and people who are afraid of anything digital. There is a neo-luddism to an almost Ted Kaczynski level when it comes to dealing with digital currency, um, in in the right wing, everybody thinks a lot of wrong shit about it, and I'm gonna try and demystify cryptocurrency a little bit here, and I might make a crypto thing a regular part of the show because people told me, hey, you know you. I see you talking about all this crypto stuff, you seem to know a lot about it, and you run these crypto channels and stuff, and, you know, you, you should talk about that on your podcast, because I want to know more about that stuff. Um, so I'm, yeah, so here, here we go. Um, for the record, if you would like to follow my crypto channel, it's called Coins and Candles on Telegram, and it's T. Dot me slash coins and candles fully spelled out all together one long word no underscores or anything like that t.me slash coins and candles so um let me first off do a little bit of a political preface uh, on this concept because when I say there's a neolettism to a Ted Kaczynski level, you may have heard me reference him before, you know, Ted Kaczynski, a.k.a. the Unabomber, who, by the way, uh, is having some health problems recently and was moved to a medical facility, so uh, we hope he's okay. He's a strange old man and he's getting on in years and he represents this anti-government thing that they could just easily suicide the motherfucker and whatever. So, about industrial society and its future. As you may know, that's the title of Ted Kaczynski's famous manuscript, book, whatever you want to call it. Um, and he was right about a lot of things he was right about how leftism is destroying <laughs> uh, society and how the modern world is essentially causing the the, the, the industrial life is essentially causing uh, the, the mental illness and depression and all these you know terrible things among the people, okay. Um, now, while he had definitely some good points, industrial society today is fucked. Okay, we we know that there's something wrong, right? We know that there's something wrong with the way that people have drawn themselves away from nature. They've drawn themselves away from religion. They have believed themselves to be progressing and that that's eternally a good thing. When in reality, progressing doesn't always mean getting better. Progressing just means moving towards something. And sometimes it's something bad. Um, so I understand the hesitancy to embrace digital currency among people who... Are feeling dystopian about the world today? Everything is trying to steal your information. We're so far from nature, you know. There's lockdowns. They're trying to force people to stay in their houses, you know. Where you know you can't even go out and enjoy nature. The closing parks, children can't go and play at them. And a lot of people right now are really trying to get back into the organic and the natural and the non-digital, and just be away from anything like that. You know, like, away from anything digital, technical. And that's what Ted Kaczynski was going through. But he had some wrong points, and, and when you have wrong points, it can make your whole philosophy crumble, Right. He essentially, for one, he separated Nazism from leftism, which I don't agree with, but it was based on the idea that leftism inferior, excuse me, leftism inherently has an inferiority complex, Um, and whereas he's positing, like, the neo-Nazis, for example, have a superiority complex. You can tell he's never dealt with real neo-Nazis because they all have inferiority complexes just like leftists. The superior front is just that. It's just a front. It's something to compensate for their inferiority complex. They feel that the Jew is getting one over on them. That, you know, you can hear all day about how you know, this so-and-so thinks he's the Aryan master race or whatever. You know, Aryans aren't even white, but that's, anyway. Uh, he, he thinks he's the Aryan master race and he's the, the greatest thing and everything, but yet he believes that this subhuman group of people to him, who we consider subhuman people, um, they got it over on him. They one-upped him. Those damn inbred, subhuman Jews—they just got it over on the white folks, and uh, and the blacks got it over on them, and you know. So it's what you're dealing with, generally speaking, with neo-Nazis, especially someone who would call themselves a neo-Nazi outright. Uh, is uh, y- you are dealing with inferiority complexes, so I don't separate that from the leftist uh, version of socialism other than to discuss their different types of psychology. But it's it's still leftism. So Ted Kaczynski was definitely wrong about that. He also had this viewpoint that technology itself was the root cause of all this degeneracy, and thus was the pure and primary enemy. I believe the root cause of all of this has been the disregard for the biblical family unit. Ted Kaczyski of course, was a mathematician. He has a different kind of weird worldview, of course. He viewed that... uh, He said that that anybody who wants to be a part of the revolution, the Freedom Club revolution, whatever that he was doing, he thought he was going to start or whatever, um, they must be dedicated to the anti-technology revolution as their primary goal. They cannot be against technology for another cause because they believe that technology is working against say their race or their religion or their this or that or or because they want to instill anarchy or because they want to instill communism or or this or that system of, of ideas, whatever. He believed that everyone has to be against technology to be a true revolutionary. And that the only thing that you should ever use technology for is to fight the technological system. So, the problem with that is, first of all, this is, is his definition of technology. He's, out, he's living out in the woods chopping, uh, you know, firewood. A fucking axe is technology, Ted. It's primitive technology, but it's technology. Unless you're going out there bare naked, eating things off the ground with your hands, never using a tool, you're using technology, bro. I hate to break it to you. Just because it's not a computer doesn't mean it's technology. So all you anti-tech people, you better put down your forks, your spoons, your fucking... take off all your fucking clothes... If you want to be a purist about it, that's all I'm saying, okay? Because that's all technology. It, you know, a a dagger is technology. A a a, a an ads. I mean, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure, but I, an ads might be the first official technological tool developed and designed by humanity. Um, But regardless, if it was or not, it's very old and it's handmade and simple and it's still considered technology. So don't be afraid of technology. What you should be afraid of is tyranny. Okay, you should be afraid of not looking out for tyranny and catching it. All right. And crypto can help you fight currency. The government will try to fuck with your mind and gaslight you and put out um digital state currencies. And you'll f- associate that in your mind with oh that's digital currency, cryptocurrency, that's the same thing, right? Yeah, you know, no. It's not. Cryptocurrency is decentralized. State digital currency is 100% centralized. In fact, it exists for the purpose of centralization. Okay? Um, that's a fact. So let's talk about explaining what the fuck I'm talking about. Okay? Now, some of the stuff I have posted to my uh, channel on Telegram, Coins and Candles, but... Once again, you already listened to the podcast, you may as well learn it here. So let's talk about, what is this shit that you're talking about? How can cryptocurrency fight fucking tyranny? I don't understand. It's just some investment thing to make a bunch of money, and the government's going to still take my capital gains, taxes, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, All these different things that I've heard from actual people. Well, maybe they're actual people. They're on the internet. Maybe they're not actual people. I don't know. Um, So, when you're talking about getting deplatformed, especially on funding, especially on funding. we Like, GoFundMe, cut off the truckers' money, and we're going to redistribute it. I guess GoFundMe... GoFundMe ended up actually just refunding the people, not redistributing it, which is good. But still, even that that wasn't even an option on the table is fucking ridiculous. And you need to be free of that shit. So, first of all, let's talk about some basic words. Alright. What the hell is a cryptocurrency, right? Cryptocurrency is a type of digital currency that's based on a system called blockchain. I don't want to get too technical, but basically in most cases, computers do a bunch of hard-ass, complicated math equations, and that's called proof of work. And that mines the currency. There's other things. There's proof of space where you keep buying more and more hard drive and shit to mine currency, but regardless, It's mined digitally, um, by computers doing a bunch of weird shit, right? Um, to, to way oversimplify it, uh, and it's an open public ledger, but it's like anonymized data. So we could say, oh, you know, wallet D L P J I two H Q M W E C Z nine N Z a D and a whole bunch of extra letters after that that wallet is holding uh 10 million doge coins you know but we don't necessarily know who that is unless they publicly associate themselves with that long wallet address that i was just reading um so there's that number one Ledger means there's a record of your transaction. So it's a little bit harder to say, oh, I, I, you know, I, the payment got lost or something like that. You know, there's confirmations, other various nodes in the network will confirm that this, that these coins exist. And therefore, go ahead and basically escrow your payment over whatever. Okay. Now, how do we get out of... The financial system using this, huh? I don't understand. Most people just say, well, I just got a Coinbase account, and you know, I had to tell them all my information and you know, connect it to my bank account, so that's still in the system, right? Yeah, it is. Coinbase is pretty much still within the system. You can get a Coinbase separate wallet outside of the Coinbase exchange, but any exchange where you can trade currencies back and forth. That's, they're holding your funds. If you don't have a private key for a wallet, like, which involves a bunch of weird words and secret things to, to get it unlocked and only you are supposed to have this information. If, if you are not the only one that has your information, then it's, you're, it's not really your money. You're not holding it. Somebody else is holding it for you and they can act like PayPal or GoFundMe or whatever and turn off your access. For example, if you have your money stored on Coinbase and Coinbase goes down, what are you going to do? You just got to wait till Coinbase comes back up, right? So you have to hold your crypto in your own independent wallet. I can't stress this enough. Not your keys, not your crypto. Keys meaning the special passwords, long, it's like sentences basically that don't make sense. That you need to use to get into the account. The general rule is. If you can ask someone. Or a machine or anything. For a password reset. That means someone else has your password. Or has access to it. And therefore access to your account. So think about that. In crypto. You get a wallet. You lose your information to get in it that money's just gonna sit there until you remember how to fuck to get in it that's it it's, it can't be taken out by anybody else there's no extraction method and that's the one thing that is you know burn and learn about crypto is if you fuck up and you lose your password your keys you can't get in the safe it's like a safe and if you don't have the key it's indestructible you cannot get in it so just remember that People who forget their passwords all the time and shit. If you're going to mess with crypto, keep uh, your passwords on some sort of weird paper thing in a, in a secret lockbox or something. It just needs to be where you could access it. You need to remember how to get in this shit because nobody else has access to it. And that's a, a little bit scary, but that's what's great about it. Nobody else has access to it. Now, as far as all of the information that you give something like binance or coinbase which are like the popular places when you first start getting into crypto i mean i do recommend using those at first just to start learning about crypto especially coinbase because they have little actually classes on there where you can earn crypto by learning about a certain crypto but it's basically to promote certain coins, like, this is how our protocol works, blah, 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 but in taking those little quizzes to earn crypto, it's almost like watching an ad, but it's an educational ad, because you learn about how the blockchain and different decentralized protocols work. But, once you get past that, that's the real crypto world, guys. Okay, so let's talk about KYC. Uh, you might see a lot of crypto people talking about KYC. That's know your customer, KYC, that's requiring personal information of any kind to buy or trade crypto. Most of these mainstream exchanges like Coinbase and Binance will ask for an ID and possibly more personal information to use, but non-KYC platforms, uh, such as Ogre is a good example, that do not ask for personal info. True non-KYC platforms must also not use credit card information either. Obviously, you can be tied to your credit card information, so they know you then, right? Most non-KYC platforms are going to utilize crypto funds only. They're not going to have anything that you can cash out uh, except for certain specific ones like local Monero, which we talk about. There are some options such as local bitcoins and local Monero where you can trade the coins for hard cash, either in person or through the mail. Uh, But of course, you always have to be careful and alert using these type of methods. Um, What most people will do that are trying to stay off of the grid, non-KYC, is to use something like Trade Ogre. If you're not able to get any crypto and like you don't already have some crypto in the first place, um, and you're or you know whatever you can't access other like trade ogre, I do recommend local Monero. I have not heard of many problems with it. Uh, maybe it's kind of amazing, um, but if you want to use the privacy coin Monero, and let's say you have to. Switch it out for fiat currency, you need it to, you know, you need something that's your only money and you need to switch it to cash. You can do that um, using Local Monero and it's localmonero.co and they will have the ratings of how many trades so-and-so has done. So on and so forth. Okay. Now, what the fuck is Monero. Monero is a privacy coin. It's a special type of fungible, which means completely non-unique, cryptocurrency coin that scrubs previous data attached to the coins. Unlike Bitcoin, you can have such a thing called dirty Bitcoins, where maybe the Bitcoin was using a crime, and you're going to get looked into because they trace the Bitcoin to your account. You don't know that... You bought this and this and that, and it's been through this many people, but anyway, you don't want to get wrapped up in any of that shit. So, you want to use this privacy coin, right? And this gives your coins a fresh start, and it's especially useful if you accept coins as a payment from the public and you're unsure about the background. Like, say, the coins being used for crimes. Essentially, the coding in privacy coins erases the electronic paper trail of where those funds have been before. And unlike cash, you know, everybody's like, I'm trying to stay private, I use cash only. Did you forget that cash all has a fucking serial number on it? You can tell one dollar from another dollar. You can. Look at the numbers. Look at the year. It has when it was minted. It has a signature for who was the Secretary of Treasury at the time. All that shit is on your, your paper money. Um, and thus... There's a process called money laundering, which is very complicated and, of course, illegal. In order to confuse where money went, you had to change it to different currencies back and forth, and all this crap, because the U.S. dollar is not fungible. i mean the—it's technically an NFT; it's a non-fungible token. You can tell one dollar from another. You cannot tell one Monero from another. However, for example, to explain what that means and how that affects you, let's say uh, you get a cryptocurrency wallet and you want to send a bunch of crypto that you bought on Coinbase to your wallet. Okay, Um, I'm going to send all my dogecoin to a private dogecoin wallet that I got so you go in there in coinbase normal thing and dogecoin a normal coin you just enter the information of where you're sending it to um, and you go through their process whatever it is to send the money right and it'll say maximum Yes, I just want to send my entire wallet, click, maximum, and whatever your total amount is if you have 500 coins in there, whatever, it'll send all 500 to that other address. Now with Monero, or any other privacy coin, they don't work like that. When I go in my Monero wallet, and I want to send someone Monero, like I want to purchase something with Monero, or say, let's say I wanted to send all of my Monero to another wallet. I have to remember how much I have. I have to go in there and look in my Monero. And let's, say, let's say I have 500 Monero. Let, no, let's say I have 500.002 Monero. I have to remember that number or write it down or something. Because when I go in my wallet with a privacy coin, and I click maximum, It can't do it because it doesn't even know how much I have in there because it would have to count each one and how do you know when you're done counting when all the coins look the same? As a person, think about that. Let's say you have a a bowl of Cheerios they all look exactly the same. Identical. How are you going to count them When you can't separate them into separate piles or anything. You're going to keep going through and... Did I count this one already? Did I count this one already? I don't know. So it confuses the system. A privacy coin, your wallet can't send a maximum. Because it can't read how many you have. It doesn't know. That's how private it is. The wallet that you have it in doesn't know how many you have in there. So... Now, keep in mind that everything we're talking about is decentralized. There's no one guy with one server that's, there's no Mark Zuckerberg or or something that can turn it off for a day or anything like that. Uh, Some people have been like, well, yeah, that's great, but that's all on the internet and the internet's going to go down soon and when the internet's gone, you can't use crypto. False there's such a thing as cold storage cold storage or a hard wallet you can carry around in your pocket and it's an offline wallet with all your crypto in it it has a little pad on the side of it usually there are different models whatever trezor different ones and you can enter to send funds to so and so and so forth alright so, and there is, in fact, cold storage for privacy coins as well. So, there's that. You can you can store your crypto offline. You don't have to have internet access. Um, all of these things, they say they're a threat to the U.S. dollar. That's what Biden and his people have been saying. And... And I'm sure the other countries are saying, oh, yeah, they're a threat to the Canadian dollar or whatever. The reason why that is is because the U.S. dollar is increasingly becoming worthless while cryptocurrency is becoming more worthy. It's the, the, the market is going up. Yes, there are, of course there are dips in the market. You buy the dips. When the price goes down, it inevitably will go back up. So you buy that dip at the low price. And then it goes back up. But it's not just for speculating. But I'm just mentioning that that speculation point right there. Um, It's a threat to the U.S. dollar. They mean it's a threat to the U.S. government. Because the U.S. government is the one keeping track of all these U.S. dollars. And they're the ones that ironically are holding a shit ton of Bitcoin. Did you hear about that? That the U.S. government bought a fuckload of Bitcoin? So, it's a threat to the U.S. dollar. But we bought some. (laughs) Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Because they know it's going to go up in value. Um, But, basically, decentralized finance uh, is a way... To take control of your financial life, now like everybody's talking about NFTs now, and people make jokes like, "I just put a some shitty JPEG, you? I just screenshot that." Okay, people are confused about what an NFT is. The JPEG that you're looking at, first of all, is not the NFT itself. Uh, that's just an image. Um, and also, keep in mind when you actually get the NFT with a download the resolution size is generally a lot larger than something you could screenshot um, as far as when you're talking about buying art. Um, But, NFTs usually involve a smart contract, and they're becoming more and more popular as a way for artists to collect royalties. The system has traditionally made it difficult for artists to collect royalties. So, a singer can sing a song, and if they're on a mainstream label that you know goes in in with the regular music industry system, every time that that's played on the radio, or that there's a sale of the song, the artist gets a little bit of a chunk of the money. Okay. However, if a painter does a painting, he could have spent a thousand hours on the painting, right? Uh, he sells it the one time and that's it, right? But he could have sold that painting for $200 today and then he becomes famous for something and some guy goes and sells his painting for a million dollars. Five million dollars. And the artist doesn't get anything from it, right? So, NFTs have involve a smart contract, and what happens, generally speaking, why artists are using these things, is because, let's say, I buy uh, some art thing, whatever. Uh, what, are, what are those board apes or whatever? Let's say I got, I bought a board ape NFT. Okay, I paid five hundred dollars for it. The guy who drew it gets the $500 worth of Ethereum, right? And not only is the price, the value of that Ethereum most likely going to go up, but also, if I go and then sell that for a profit, the original artist automatically gets a part of that profit. And you don't need... To trust some man or an escrow service or anything that that's the way that the smart contract works. Uh, Most of them are on Ethereum, blockchain, Ravencoin, and some others also have NFT capabilities. But NFTs, you can use that for a lot of things. I mean, you have everything from hotel keys okay, to uh, people buying houses as an NFT. A non fungible token is proof. It's a, it's a it's a proof of ownership. So you can say, Hey, I bought this and the government can't say, Oh no, you didn't. Or somebody else can't say, oh no, you didn't buy that. Or I actually own that or I signed a contract with so and so like for the have you heard of those people that, that somebody bought their house from under them and they were still living in it and, and you know things you know fucked up things happen. Blockchain Permanent public ledger gets rid of a lot of those type of risks. Um, But really, decentralized finance is the future of finance. People are tired of dealing with banks and they're tired of having not enough access to their own funds. For example, with this GoFundMe shit with the truckers. Um, And then also, also, the investing aspect. Passive income. You can do that. That's not why I fuck with cryptocurrency. I'm not a big time speculator investor. Yeah, I made a little money off of here and there, whatever, but that's not the main thing. I like that it's... The technology works the way that it does. I like that. I like getting away from banks. I like sending directly money to somebody without, oh, well, you know... Um, PayPal, or the bank is going to hold it for these many days, or having to deal with, you know, escrow things, all that kind of shit, and so if you go on a DEX, um, a decentralized exchange, like Trade Ogre, or something like that, you go, and you can just be outside of that system, and stop worrying about it, you know? and uh... for those of you who don't like to pay taxes i'm sure you can figure that out with the information about privacy that i just told you also another slick way to buy cryptocurrency no kyc is to get a burner phone just go and buy a random you know uh... i don't know what brands they are or whatever track phone or verizon have one of those or something whatever one of those pay-as-you-go things where you can give them cash and put some text minutes on the phone right what you go and do is take your happy ass over to your local cryptocurrency atm and the way um The best ones that work are you get, it. they consider it KYC because they have to text you a code. But if you just get a burner, it's not really KYC, is it? It's just some number off of something that you bought with cash. Um, But CoinFlip, if you see those, those are uh, highly recommended. Uh, It surprisingly has very low fees. Um, I was amazed at the transaction time, but, I mean, basically, it's like a Bitcoin ATM. It has Litecoin, Dogecoin, Bitcoin, a couple uh, Ethereum, a couple other currencies on it. You don't need to show an ID, no credit cards. It only takes cash, only gives out cash, okay, so you can get some, you know, go take some money from the fucking... Whatever fund you have from your uh, new socks fund, and you go you take your you know twenty, fifty, hundred, five hundred, 500, whatever, take some bucks over to the coin flip ATM, put your money in there. It's going to ask you for your wallet address. You have to have a wallet to send this money to. Don't go to the ATM if you don't have a wallet. That sounds like common knowledge though, right? You have to have a place to put your money once it comes out. like you're not going to go with no pockets. And no wallet to a cash ATM, right? So you're going to go there. You put your cash in. It's going to ask for your wallet address. and going send you a code. You type in that little code on the screen. Yeah, I got the code. I'm, you know, I, I am an actual person, whatever. Boom. You just bought some crypto with no fucking ID, bro decentralized finance can you have a bank account without no ID I really know <laughs> you need to give them your information okay so they're all sorts of different ways and the more technically advanced and savvy you get in the crypto world the more private and deep and you know into weird shit off the grid you can get you know you can be uh, have a a paper wallet where there is no online version where it's just paper and you just give people an address that you have written down like weird you know it's, it's weird it's new it's uncomfortable for a lot of people but it's the future and the future is what we're thinking about why do we have these elections care about these fucking politics any of this shit because we care about the future right well, how our kids are going to be growing up what, what the next generation is going to be living like right or am I wrong we only, we only care about the past and dead people or something is that what's going on because I'm pretty sure that the entire reason for caring about politics is caring about what's going to happen so crypto is what's going to happen guys you need to learn about this shit Don't be Ted Kaczynski and get so frustrated that you just want to bomb the shit out of everybody, okay? Technology itself is not the enemy. It's a tool. Any tool is technology, and any technology is a tool. Remember that. Any tool is technology, and any technology is a tool. So how you use it is going to come from what type of person you are and what your goal is and all that type of stuff. Don't let the government and the shitheads get ahead of us on this, guys. Okay? You need to be studying this stuff to know what's good and bad. You can't just dismiss everything wholeheartedly. Oh fuck all digital everything. Alright, well... When they stop having cash, and that doesn't exist anymore... What you gonna do? You can go with the state currency. With the state digital super currency. Worthless. You gotta probably have a million of them to buy a bread. You know this. The the state digital currency is just preparing you motherfuckers. So you don't have to wheel your fucking coins in a big barrel to go get some fucking bread. Because that's what. You know, that's what, that's what's getting to in America. You gotta fucking fill a bag full of money to go get a half a bag full of food. It's fucking ridiculous. And that brings me to the next point about decentralized finances. It's a hedge against inflation. Generally speaking. Now, obviously some coins which have like no cap, like they're just going to keep printing as many of them as possible. Are kind of fucking with that model. Like Dogecoin. right? They're kind of fucking with that model. But generally speaking. Like Bitcoin. And these other ones. Are, are considered a hedge against inflation. You put your five bucks in today. Maybe it's worth what they're charging. For something that should be worth five bucks. In, in a year from now. It'll go up. You see what I'm saying? Your, your money. You buy it. And you, you go, I bought five bucks worth of Dogecoin. And then you come, you holdle, you holdle it. You just hold on to that. And then you come back, do, 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 Hey, it's a year later. Oh, wow. This is worth 50 bucks, 500 bucks maybe. Who knows, 5,000 bucks. That's how it's a hedge against inflation. Okay, guys, that's that's what I'm talking about. Now, again, t.me slash candles if you're interested in you know, I mostly talk about market stuff I don't really get too deep into the political side of decentralized finance but it's always just below the surface, isn't it? We are in a world with many emerging technologies and we can either use them or have them used against us I would prefer to use the emerging technologies rather than just have them used against me. Even if they are going to use them against me, I need to be arming myself and using them as weapons as well. So, look into Monero, AKA XMR. That's its you know, finance coin name. Also, there's one called Pirate Chain, um, which requires a little bit more on the tech end but I like that the coin name is ARR, like R, you know, pirate. Uh, yeah, so anyway, check out your pir- privacy coins. and the biggest thing in crypto, of course, do your own research. All you people that finding all this shit about these people getting killed off the vaccine and hidden information and stuff, you should be able to do your own research on this fucking cryptocurrency, guys. It's not the devil. What it is, is it's a gun. And you can point it at yourself, or you you can fucking point it at them. Choice is yours. So, uh, if you've been listening to the podcast this year, um, instead of just throwing songs in the mix, I've been trying to explain the songs a little bit. So, uh, we're going to end this episode since we were talking about technology, and the future, and all that great stuff, um, gonna have a song that kind of goes in the opposite direction, just to kind of show that just because you learn new technologies and start doing new different things doesn't mean you have to, like, abandon your traditions or your religions or your connections you know um some people just get overwhelmed and go well i got into cryptocurrency and i'm in the computer world now and i'm high tech and they forget that that doesn't mean you have to be like some high tech person that's in computer world all the time just because you learned about it you know don't forget about the things that you previously learned like how to take a hike how to take care of yourself all day long without technology like a phone or a some sort of advanced communications, you know, with basic old-school technology, like, you know, a couple of handheld tools and, you know, a bottle of water. <laughs> Stuff like that. Snacks. Friendship. Embracing your fellow human being. Just being a fucking person again. You know, with all this weird coronavirus shit, everything became so virtual that, like I said, I understand the... Uh, you know, the aversion to the digital world, you know. So this song is a Bleach Battalion song I wrote in, like, the end of 2020. Maybe beginning of 2021. Um, And it's just about returning to the earth, trying to center yourself and pray and connect with God, not just your Wi-Fi okay so this is bleach battalion rebirth enjoy and see you folks later Flags and doing whatever you want with your money? How about guns and ammo? You enjoy threatening your government officials? We're gonna hang you, motherfucker. Do you want to save your nation from that gay-ass communism? Then come on down to five-wing, right-wing-ass propaganda and jerk tofu hut. We got books about capitalism, populism, dank-ass memes, offensive-ass flyers, mixtapes that your neighbors will definitely hate, and some spicy motherfucking tofu. That's right. Fight wing, right wing ass propaganda and jerk tofu hut. Located in the hood, kitty corner from your mama's house where you need to go and have her cut up that yee ass haircut.
0: Fucking with niggas.